This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. as women is when we are on our knees 
nothing is impossible when we are on our knees. Men, can you just celebrate the women in the house this morning? It's Mother's Day. We don't seem excited, you know, we are not celebrating. Okay, women, please celebrate yourselves. Hallelujah. Celebrate yourselves. It's Mother's Day. One day is not enough to celebrate the gift that is a woman. It all the embodiment of what it is that God has deposited in that creature that he called a woman. One day is not enough. Can we just appreciate the women once more? Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Before we have our seats this morning, we'll just be reading our anchor scripture, 2 Kings chapter 2. Media, please, can you project it so that we can all read the word of God together this morning? 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm going to start reading from verse 1. All right. So let's read. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Bethel. But Elijah sa Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you not know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Jericho. And he said, as the Lord lives, this is Elisha speaking, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Jordan. And he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And as it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you, because I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. 10. This is where we will stop. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Let me read 11. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Praise the Lord. We can have our seats. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. You know, before we go into our short exhortation this morning, I'd just like to appreciate every female pastor in the household of David. Can you join me? Pastor Maureen, Pastor Shade, Pastor Mayawa. Let's just appreciate them. These women, they are indeed rocks 
in the full embodiment of what a rock is. And I'd like to also to appreciate all the Deborah Scott executive. Let's appreciate them. Led by Sister Doing Okunfowora. God bless you, all women of God. We see all that you do, and then we know that God, who is the rewarder, will definitely reward you all. And to all women in the house, God bless you. Thank you so much, choir. God bless you. We have shown the men that it is our voice, voices that people hear on Sundays. They just hum somewhere on that day. But let's celebrate Sam and the, and the musicians. Let's celebrate them. They are if or she for today. They have been supporting us and supporting us. God bless you all. God bless you all. Our short exhortation will be taking, like I've said, that's an anchor scripture. We'll keep referring to it back and forth, back and forth. But the title I gave it was The Legacy of a Christian Woman. So when Pastor Morning was speaking first service, I was just okay, okay, okay. So the Spirit of God is one. And so I'll just be um, re-emphasizing some of the things she spoke about and then we trust God that will be blessed in Jesus name Father we thank you for your word thank you for the entrance of your word thank you because it gives light, light and understanding to the simple thank you because indeed by your word our hearts are lit today and our eyes are open and our hearts are enlarged in the name of Jesus thank you because your word is preached with power and we have understanding to do that you will have us do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if we go back to our anchor scripture, we'll see what happened there. So it's a, uh, we're going to journey through that scripture and then we'll keep making reference to it back and forth as we just journey along during the short time that we have. So now in verse 1, I'll just, I'll be pinpointing, I'm a teacher, so permit me as I just teach this morning. So they went they started the journey from Gilgal. Now, I, I like to do a bit of study. So, I like us to open our Bible to the book of Joshua, chapter 5. I think it's 8 to 10. Joshua, chapter 5. I think it's 8 to 10. Okay, give me that. Okay, so they are there. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. Nine. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. Okay, 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. Now, it's amazing what happened between Elisha and Elijah. And the scripture was clear, you know, careful enough to say that the journey started from Gilgal. Now, Gilgal here, you see what happened, also happened with Joshua when he was with the people. So, something happened at Gilgal. That was how the place got its name anyway. Something critical happened at Gilgal. And what was it? The Lord came and he circumcised them. Adults, so he circumcised them. You know, we know that, you know, when the Lord, when we talk about circumcision, we speak about the heart, about our hearts being circumcised. So we know that in our journey with God, as we desire to walk with him, the journey will always start with the circumcision of our hearts. That's why Robert 10, 10 says that with the heart we believe unto righteousness before we confess with our mouth. So the heart is a very, very crucial part or part of the journey as we walk with God. 
So it's not something that we can just ignore. I know that, you know, of course, these days we say, oh, God, my heart, God sees my heart, and then my heart is this. When my heart is in that place, whatever I do, it doesn't matter. God sees my heart. Yes, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. It starts from the heart. And even when we want to pray for people to give their hearts to Christ or to give their lives to Christ, really what we actually pray for most of the time is that their heart, the hardness of the heart be broken. That is where it starts from. You know, of course, we know what, ha- what can happen to a people when their heart is hardened. Pharaoh, for instance. So we know that that is where we start from. We start that we pray and then we pray that their hearts, that heart be broken. And then even in the book of Ezekiel, if you look through the prophet, we will always hear God telling them that he's going to take away the heart of stone and give them the heart of flesh. So God is particular about our hearts, about the state of our hearts. And even as we you know, when we want to raise children, you know, and I speak even to singles here, when you want to raise children, you don't just raise children and just say, you know, you just do it with emotion. You know, first and foremost, you, you, you subject the heart to Christ. And then we pray, you know, that the Lord will just keep their hearts tender towards the things of God. Because that is where the Lord will always start. You know, all of these things that we hear about and all of that, things happening, you know, funny policies and all of that, the bottom of it, when you look at it, it is because of the hardness of the heart of men. So God starts with us and he says, the heart first. The heart. So that's, where, that's what Gilga is. It's just the place of circumcision. It is where the journey starts, our journey with God. That's where it starts. Some of us have moved beyond that, but that is where that journey starts. You know, so they moved on again. That's Elisha and Elijah now. And then they got to Bethel. Interesting place Bethel is. If you study the Bible, you will find that Bethel signifies a place where, you know, where people meet with God, where people have visitation with God. Genesis 28 from verse 14. We know about the story of Jacob and the encounter that he had at that place where he now called Bethel. You know, something happened to people in the, in the scriptures that for every encounter that they had, they named a place. For every encounter, every major encounter, is it that they named the place or God names the place? But there is always a place and there is always a naming. And then you also know, for instance, if you go back to Joshua, when they were at Gilgal, after they, after they were healed, they were to move. After they were healed. So it was just for a season. So wherever place you are right now in God, it is for a season. Like Pastor Mary, Pastor Mary was saying in the first service, we, we do not tabernacle there. It is for a season. So Bethel, Bethel is a place of encounter. So we've come to God and he's taking our hearts. Yes, and then so we've had encounters with him. So we pray. And so we've had visitations. We've seen visions of heaven. You know, you've, we've seen the jobs. We've seen the man we are to marry or the ladies we are to marry. You know, we've seen everything. But is that all there is to our work in God? Is that all? You know, when the, the, the theme of this program is reset. Because wherever you are, whichever circumstance or situation that you are or place that you are, that is not the end. That is not the end of the story. There is still a need to keep pressing on. So if you pray for 30 minutes, for one hour, for two hours, there's still more. We've heard of men that prayed for six hours, for 12 hours. Men that shook their generation 
on their knees. We've heard of people who have had visions of angels who have seen this and they've seen so many things in God. Are we there yet? So even if we have, is that the end of it? Our work with God must continually be progressive. We must never be satisfied with where we are at right now. So if we can study the Bible and then we study and study and study, there's still more. If we can pray and pray and pray, there's still more. There's still you know, a generation to be taken. Generations to be taken. What we are doing right now, if you ask yourself, can it last to the next generation? Pastor Morin spoke first service about the transgenerational blessing. That is what we have been called to. So our legacy. What we have right now. Our experiences in God right now. Where we are with him. We've, we hear him speak to us. Is that, is, can it stand the test of time to be handed over to the next generation? Can our children or those that are younger than us that are living around us, can they see and just want to carry on the fire that we carry? Praise the Lord. You know, these days, I, I hear of many things. Permit me. I don't do colloquials a lot. But at times, you know, when I go through people's status, just, you know, I, I see things like, don't laugh at me. Just, just follow. Like, my world, my everything. Um, you know these things now that you people say when you are maybe celebrating somebody's birthday, uh, my everything, or my world, my world in one one picture. I heard, I saw that one one time. I'm sure you've seen this thing before. Oh, then another one, goals. You've heard it before, goals. You just put somebody's picture and say goals. You know, at times I wonder because if everything, if everything and all that we have to base our lives on, are based on humans based on material things, based on physical things, then, brethren, we are of most men most, men, most miserable. Why? Permit me. People die. People live. Then what happens to us? So even when I walk with God, in as much as we strive to be like people, we don't want to be who they are. We just celebrate the gifts. Just say, say this to yourself. I celebrate the gift that is in people. Say it. I celebrate the gift that is in people. But I'm also gifted. I celebrate men. But I'm also gifted. Hallelujah. When they moved on. Sorry. Then they moved on and then they got to Jericho. I like the story of Jericho. You know why? Because circumcision is not enough. Of the heart. It's not enough. So we've given our lives to Christ. We know people who have given their lives to Christ. And then they live just about anyhow. We are not judging anybody here. But they've given their lives to Christ. But you don't want to be like them. Because you want your own faith to speak. You want a kind of speaking faith. A faith that communicates of its own accord. Not the one that you have to announce. Don't you know I'm born again? You know when you start telling your children... Don't you know I'm your mother? Don't you know I'm your father? You know that authority has shifted ground since. Because if you have to tell them, then that means it's lost already. Because everybody should know who the boss is. So if you have to keep announcing to people, I'm a Christian, we have to do things the Christian way, then there's a problem. They should do things the right way because you are there. 
They should not even be able to pass some things to you because you are there. Fear should guide their heart that, eh, if you present this thing, eh, eh, it will not fly you. You know her now. You know him. You understand? So that is how our faith should speak. So Jericho, because there's always a need to press in. There's always a need to press in. Luke 19, I like the story in Luke 19. Luke 19 from verse 1 to 6. Media, can you help us? I like that story. It really, really ministered to me. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief, the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not enter for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for it was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. He received Jesus joyfully. Zacchaeus had to go on a tree because he wanted to see Jesus. He was pressing in. How desperate are you for God? How desperate are you for the things of God? How hungry are you? I know that um, conference is coming. You know, we've been praying for conference and all of that. But you as an individual, can you say that you are thirsty enough for that conference? Can you say that amongst the multitude that, if you know the number of people that have registered for that conference already, but amongst that multitude, can you say that the Lord will hear your voice. He will single you out of that crowd and say, Diane, come down. Today, I'm going to your house. Figuratively now. Will your thirst, will your desire be so loud in the ears of the master that he can just pick it out from a crowd? You know, something happened to the woman with the issue of blood. Bible says that in the in the crowd she was hard pressed by a crowd and she shouted I don't know how loud the shout was but Christ heard so as we are coming for the conference and as we sit down here this morning if you are watching if you are just joining us online will your thirst be loud enough to be master to hear because sincerely it is not by the crying of the lips it is the crying of the heart it is the crying of the heart. Will your heart cry so loud that the master will hear and say, today, today is your day. Because so many, so many prophecies are going to be given. So many scriptures have been given already. Prophecies given concerning the conference. And then it's going to come again and those men we've been praying and they are going to come here and sincerely, let me tell you, they are going to leave here empty. Because everything that the Lord will put in their hearts to deliver to us, we will collect. But will you get yours? Will you get yours? That's a question. Will you get yours? Will you get yours? I cannot even hear those at the back. And I wonder how, just how, how loud their desire will scream from March 30th. Jericho is the place of pressing in. So our hearts have been circumcised. We have come to know the master. And then we have come to encounter him. We have built an altar of prayer. But that is not enough. We keep pressing him. 
because there is a place and there is a destination. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor, there is a place. There is a destination. Let's journey together. So the next thing, they went and then they got to Jordan. Luke 4 and verse 1. Bible recalls that Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's Luke 4 verse 1. It said, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Even Jesus retired because he wanted more. Jesus wanted more. So he retired. And then we know that something happened to Jesus when he was baptized in Jordan. There was a transfiguration that happened. A transformation happened to him. Something happened. An exchange was made. From a carpenter, suddenly, he became a man on a mission. I don't know how you came in this morning, but will you leave this service a man and a woman on a mission? Will you have touched the master so much and so strongly that he leaves an imprint on you and in your heart and in your life that when you step out of that door, people will see you and say, surely he or she has been with the Lord. They will say, she knows how he has been with the Lord. Can't you see him? Trisha, Tracy has been with the Lord. Can't you see him? Can't you see her? Can't you see the face? Can't you see that something has happened? You know, when we come to service, we have to come with this heart and with this attitude. A hunger to come transformed. You know, at times you just say this thing, and it has almost become a cliche that um, I will not live the way I came. But seriously, we are supposed to come to service and not live the way we came. If not, are we sure we've been with the Lord? If we have been with the Lord, then He must make an imprint on us. And it is that imprint, that fire that will take out and begin to affect our generation and the people around us. Hallelujah. So Jordan is a place of commendation. As we journey with God and as we walk with Him and as we grow in Him, we become more like Him. We become like him. As somebody made reference to this first service, we become more like him. Who do you want to be like? Who are you following? You know, there was this, there's a song that um, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir sang. Or this, this, yes, this, this, they took this song some years ago. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Because if you follow men, then we will tire out and then we will wear out. And then when the man falls, then we lose our faith in God. Because a man is a man with all his frailties and the shortcomings of a man. The best of a man is at best a man. But when we follow Jesus, when we allow Jesus to commend us and to say, yes, indeed, this is my daughter. Yes, indeed, this is my son. Then our journey has started. Then our journey has started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis 18 verse 19. There's something that happens to us when we come and then when we meet with the master. He transforms us, like I said earlier. He doesn't just stand there. He does just stop there. He transcends this generation your generation because whatever God is going to do in your life is beyond you if it is just about you then it is not God it is God it is bigger and it is better 
than you or than you can ever imagine. It transcends generation. Genesis 18, 19. God was speaking about Abraham here. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring unto Abraham that which he had spoken of him. That the Lord, no, it's a conditional statement. First, there was a commendation. I know him. What is the Lord saying about you? What is, you know, men can say a lot of things about you, but what will the Lord say about you? What is his statement? When he looks at you, what is the statement that he's just going to make? He said, for I know him. This was Abraham in the Old Testament. How much more us that Christ died for? How much more? You know, we do not take the, uh, the grace of God in vain. We must know that whatever we receive from God is not just for us, but it is for, it, for generations. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. Pastor Maureen quoted this in the first service. When he was talking about um, Timothy's uh, mother and grandmother. He said, when I, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Louise and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded, persuaded that in thee also. You know, you might be asking yourself that my mother is not a Christian, my, my dad is not a Christian, my grandmother is not a Christian, or they were not Christian if they are not around anymore. But what will your children say about you? What will your grandchildren say about you? Your great-grandchildren, what would they say about you? Will they be, able, will they be recorded in the annals of history? And then they will look at your child, they will look at Georgia, and say, of the faith that was in your mother, Bukola, and then, well, maybe, maybe they are talking to Georgia's children, and then they will say that the faith that was in your mother, Georgia, and in your grandmother, Bukola, will that be spoken of us? Will that be spoken of us? Because we cannot live, when we are conscious of the fact that we are not living for this generation, we are very, very conscious of what we do and how we live our lives and how we just hold on to God. We'll be very, very conscious. We won't be selfish anymore. Because when we are selfish, we just think of us, me, myself, and I, and then, you know, we, 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 we die. Then is that, the, is that all? Is that what Christ died for? Is that why he came? Just for us to live and to live and then to have the good things of life and then we die and then we cannot even transfer it to our children and to their generations. What will be said of us? What will be said of us? Hallelujah. What will be said of us? You know, I, I, for, for me, my grandmom, she died at 99 in 2015. And for she was not born again for the most part of her years. I think it was towards the last 20 years that one of her children led her to Christ. Then my parents, I led my parents to Christ some years ago. That before my father passed. So, your story can start with you. It doesn't matter what it is or what it was. Thank God for Pastor Maureen. Her mom was a firebrand, firebrand as in missionary. Mommy Chukemeka is here. We know of her faith. 
So it's being passed on to the children. We see the children. We know that they've caught the fire already and they are taking it on to the next generation. What will be said of us? So there is no excuse. So we cannot say, my mom was not born again. My grandmother was not born again. Nobody was praying for me. I don't know. What will be said of you? Whether you're a mother or not, whether you're a father or not, yes. Because those will come. But what are you going to transfer to those children? Because it's amazing that some of us, you know, as, at times we come to church and then we, we celebrate, we lift up holy hands, and all, all the worldly songs that our children know, they learnt it with us in the car. As we are just driving out of church like this, the next thing, boom, the next CD, and then they are blasting all sorts. And then they are singing, and then they are dancing, and then we are dancing with them, even at home. Excuse me. We are dancing with them even at home. Ha! Man of God. Man of God. How far now? How far? Help them now. You know, at times when you look at what is happening in this generation, you just want... The only thing you can say to yourself is my generation will serve the Lord. Can you say that to yourself? My generation will serve the Lord. Up to the fourth and fifth generation, they will serve the Lord. So if you've not been praying it, begin to pray it now. My generation will not be such, mine will not be such that my faith will die with me. Why? How? For what? With what Christ did and all the bogus promises? No way. Say it, no way. Say it, no way. There are some things you will fight. Because, you know, these days, you know, if, for people in my generation, when we were growing up, we were, hmm, we grew up well low because, there was no internet to even battle with your for your soul and all of that. But these days, you are raising children in the days of internet, all of that. And then we even don't help these children, by the way. We'll go and open a, an Instagram page for a child that we've not even given birth to. Then we open the page for a child that is just one year. And then we say we are branding them. Ha! Christ has died. He has branded us with his blood. Which other branding do you need? Which other branding do we need? Then we say we are branding them. That says when they are growing up. See, some of these children, they will sue some of us. Because you've exposed, you know, you put their like near naked pictures on social media. And don't forget, these days they are very loud. So one day one child just sees it and picks it and says, eh, mommy, this is me. You put me on social media like this, you expose me like this, I'm taking you to court. What will you say? Go and watch your Judy. I watch your Judy. Father, mother, children dragging themselves to court. And sincerely, it can happen to a Christian if we do not transfer what we have received in Christ to our children. And we must start now. See, I will start now. Wherever I am, say, wherever I am, I am. My situation, my level, my journey with God, I start now. My generations will serve the Lord. My children will serve the Lord. Their children, children. If Christ tarries, we serve the Lord. It is not a declaration that you make lightly. It is something that you, you do and you say it's stop bondy. Because you must begin to plant that seed right here and right now. Let's be mindful of what we expose these children to. Let's be very, very mindful of what we expose them to. You know, before we, we just round off this morning, I just want to say that our lives in Christ are too precious for us to toy with. So when you think about yourself, when you think about what is not working, 
think about the fact that Christ died. And because he died, it's working. Say it's working. It's working. So I don't know what it is. Maybe you have been trusting God for the fruit of the womb. See, the children are here. The children are here. The children are here. If it's a job, the job is here. If it's, bus if it's business expansion, it is here. But we need to put God first. What is at stake in whatever it is you are asking him for? Can we rise up to our feet? What is his stake? What is his stake? Whatever it is, we are asking him for. You know, some of us have moved. We, we, we've, we've charted the journey. So our hearts have been circumcised. But some of us have not even started this journey at all. We've not started. This morning, I give you Jesus. I give you the one that is able to turn lives around. I give you Jesus. The one that is able to help you to build a lasting foundation and a lasting legacy. I give you Jesus, the one that died for you. The one by whose blood you were redeemed and sanctified. I give you Jesus, your maker, your life, your Lord. And who will become your savior if you just allow him. If we've not given our lives to Christ here this morning. If we've not started that journey, that walk with him. If we don't know Jesus. As we pray this morning, that the Lord will circumcise your heart indeed. And that he will give you the hearts of flesh. That you may come to know him. To know him. To know him. If you've not given your heart to Christ, can you just lift up your hands wherever you are. You don't have to come out. Just raise your hand. Because he sees you. And he knows you. And that is where the journey starts. You cannot build a legacy for Christ when you have not even started the journey yourself. He wants to come. He wants to be with you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. Will you allow him in this morning? So it's Mother's Day 2021. Will it just be another Mother's Day? Or will it be recorded that the day that you started your journey with Christ, the day that you came to Jesus, the day that you gave your life and your all to him? Why? Not just for you this time, but for your generations coming. Not just for you, for your children, for their children's children. You, can you make that call for him this morning? And he will meet with you. And he will turn your life around. Because that's, it was in, that is what he knows to do best. Turning lives around. Resetting foundations. Giving us a fresh start. A new beginning. That is why he came. That is why he died. So whether you are a man or a woman, there's a call for a new beginning this morning. And I know that the Lord will meet you. And that he will give you a new story. In Jesus' name. Can we just lift our hands and just begin to bless the name of the Lord? Can we just bless the name of the Lord? Can we give him praise? You know, I want just to say something. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand this hour and I proclaim your Lordship over my life, over my children, born and unborn, and I declare that me and my children and my generations to come will serve the Lord. Through us, our generations will see light. They will receive the light of life. And they will know that Jesus indeed is Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. 
it is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.